I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Gentleman Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. And together we are the Gentleman Overlords. Yay! Yay! And that's our episode. powers combined. And that's our episode. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. We just, yeah, uh, we're doing a one intro episode then. Uh, Just, we're JKing, everybody. uh, Max, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. Rob, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Hey, that's what I like to hear. Uh, What I also like to hear is maybe some movies you guys have been seeing. you forget about me look my way girl something <laughs> breakfast movies we've seen uh max well, lead first, us off first, first i want to admit something that recently i looked up the lyrics of uh that song uh-huh. to, find, yeah. to find out what it had to do with breakfast because i totally forgot that that's just a song that they play in the breakfast club uh. and the lyrics actually have absolutely nothing to do with breakfast Toasting I, some bread in the morning. <laughs> then I'll what are you go. talking about? It totally does. He says, "Don't you forget about me." Something or other. Breakfast, right? Those <laughs> yeah. are lyrics. Yeah, right. You just heard the song. I don't know what you're looking, what you're disputing. Ben was totally on it. Yeah, I, I guess like so many of those songs, I only know maybe the the chorus, and I'm and I have like nothing to do with the regular verses. So I thought, oh, maybe there is a point. Don't look where up he the lyrics to the uh, Mash theme song. <laughs> it's all about potatoes. Don't look up the title of the MASH theme song. Yeah, what is it called? Death Su- is Painless? Suicide is Painless. Suicide is Painless. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ouch. So, Max, how about these movies, huh? <laughs> uh, well, I watched a documentary called the uh, My Octopus Teacher. You guys heard of this? That's a documentary? Yes. Uh, is it like a freaking it, ninja turtles movie or something it's the octo dad um <laughs> it's it's a story about a guy who it's it seems like he has a a breakdown doing his oh we lost max again has a, max a breakdown what, max what is going on with your audio we lost you for like two seconds there what the good. hell it's all good he, he had a breakdown about what yeah he had a breakdown about the job that he was doing. Okay. He was doing a documentary work, stopped doing that and, uh, and uh, went and traveled for a while, I think, and did some things and went, went back to his family and just kind of like uh, tried to figure some things out. Is hmm. he like, like his, where he grew up by the ocean in, in South Africa, I think. And um well, do you think or do you know? You watched it. <laughs> I watched it a while ago. And that's it. It is South Africa. He's living there. He moves and he's doing a bunch of uh, documentary stuff with him and his brother. But it just overwhelms him. He's starting to feel really tired and stuff. And so, and this is all just the intro. So, so it's not, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with the is rest it, of the, um, the documentary. It, but anyways. Is it true that um, in uh, South Africa, it's not bling bling, but a bling bang? I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> 
they uh, honestly they did not cover that in oh. uh, the documentary for some reason uh so i'll have to assume that that's true maybe part two maybe part two i i don't know if there will be one uh n- no spoilers okay but uh <laughs> so this guy moves back near the ocean and starts uh scuba diving and runs into this octopus and it's weird because he like legitimately falls in what? <laughs> wife and son uh if if octopuses lived longer than one year but he does he does like he goes back every day and he's hanging out with this octopus and then like but he's a really weird guy because he watches it get attacked by this shark that's trying to eat it and just like i don't want to intervene i don't want to intervene and then at a certain point intervenes and then like it's weird but it's all it like this guy's personality is very strange um but just watching the the what octopi are capable of what kind of cool things they can do like growing horns i didn't know they could do that they can just like have little things poking out or be smooth and mm-hmm. they can change they can go between those two they can also change their color they can also like do a ton of cool things in their their little grippy uh tentacles are are cool they're shape the fact that they're all moving saying. like separately ew wait they can they choose to look like that those disgusting oh my god Ugh. sick when he was in yeah when he was in the ocean it looked like a hot babe <laughs> <laughs> was siren calling to him uh it was it's it's just weird. He, he has a couple moments where it's just strange and then other things where he's like he's like oh i felt like when the octopus was attacked i was being attacked personally it's like no dude you were just watching this octopus get get torn apart doing nothing <laughs> you little asshole but then like feeling like he's uh oh but I, but i love this octopus and i don't know what i would do without it and stuff like that hmm. it's it's odd but really cool just for the underwater photography and all the amazing things that you might not know about an octopus and they seem like just really, uh, really clever creatures, which I feel like I knew that, but also just funny. Like so, the octopus tells like a good joke. Is that what you're saying? Tell, yeah, tell a good joke. No, they just like do interesting things that you would expect from like, you guys have pets. Your pets do interesting things, right? Things that you, you might know about dogs and cats, but your animal is going to do something that kind of yeah. uh, shocks you from time to time. My cat can grow horns. It can change <laughs> colors. Um, sometimes it swims in the ocean and falls in love with guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't don't let him near South Africa. This guy's a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Okay, noted. <laughs> uh, right. yep. We are going to Revo- take that out yeah. of context for another <laughs> clip. <Yeah>. and <laughs> Revoking Scotty's uh, plane ticket to South Africa. <laughs> Oh, yeah, let him travel somewhere else. I'm sure he needs to get out, though. Yeah, he's been cooped up uh, in here for a long time. Oh, I feel that. <laughs> uh, but I also watched The Dig, which is about an excavation that happened in um, England. That's the name of that country, England. <laughs> They they came across this burial. Somebody had a burial hey, you mound know what? If on it ain't, their. If it ain't the USA, I don't care. You know what I mean? I 
South Africa, England, or something like that. Um, South Carolina, maybe. Maybe. Uh, this one had uh, Ray Fiennes. Uh-huh. And it has Rose from Downton Abbey. And uh, this is a pretty interesting one. It's a... <laughs> it's ba- just Ray, Ray Fiennes, you know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he, Ray, was he Ray Fine or Ray Great Great in this role? Oh boy, oh boy. Fine, fine. No, he was oh, good. He was okay. re- no, he was really good. Uh, I'm always confused by why his name isn't Ralph. Like, isn't that just how it's, it is? Uh, he changed it from Ralph Finesse to Ray to Ray Fines. <laughs> Ralph Finesse. Uh, but the the movie is just about them digging up. Uh, old old stuff discovering some history of um england if that is the country that uh it is <laughs> these are movies you did watch like <laughs> cliff notes i read the cliff notes <laughs> but you don't you, you didn't have to say you watched them uh but yeah listeners it, don't know this but we would require max to watch a certain amount of movies so he really panics sometimes and he has to get the bust the cliff yeah. notes out this is also what is this it? is Tuesday? also like ah, this is also like done. good material if we ever like if we ever ever sell ads on this i want max to be the person to like i want you to read the like the like the copy like a ones. Week, read the copy like a week ahead of time and then recite it a week later after looking at it once oh yeah like oh yeah it's Squarespace. I think that they. Um, yeah, they I think. I don't like, know. You can like make yeah. a website. I'm but not sure. I don't. I don't know if necessarily it's a porn site or whatever. But you. You never yeah. know. But you probably should make. <laughs> you one. probably should. I think that's what they're pushing for. <laughs> Squarespace sounds like it. Uh, but yeah, watch the dig. It's good, and it's not <laughs> uh, other things called the dig. There is a old Lucas <laughs> Lucas Arts game called the dig, which I want right. to play. <laughs> I want to play now. It's good. I've uh, seen this movie. Uh, another movie that I watched, I think both of you have seen it before, but it was my first time watching, was Phenomena, which has Jennifer Connelly in it, and she controls bugs. Phen- a- Andrew, it looks like you I have was, not seen this. I, for a second, thought you were talking about Phenomenon. Yeah, that was what I thought you said. With uh, Travolta. That's not the one. Phenomena. Phenomena with a young Jennifer Connelly. Yes. No, it's ta- been a minute. I, I've seen this, but it's been a long while. Never. I feel like uh, old Ben, who we were just talking about, had a, a movie day with that in it, and I missed it. And I felt like oh. I really. I tune out those early yeah. memories of Ben. Yeah. Yep. But uh, I didn't like the movie very much. It says a lot because you like anything with Jennifer Direct- Connolly in it. Yeah, I would expect to like it. But this one, it's strange because uh, certain lines and like sometimes a, a large chunk of a scene are not translated. It's just in Italian. Hmm. And I, I guess the reason for that was it's originally made in Italian and then it was released in the U. It was released in an English version, but several scenes were cut out in the, the version that I watched. It appears put those scenes back in but didn't have the translation for them and so it just like was in italian for those parts and when you put the subtitles on it doesn't translate any of it it just says speaking a different language (laughs) so it's kind of obnoxious and the movie has it's like 
it's a weird pace it's all the dialogue is very strange all the interactions are very strange it has a soundtrack that can be great and also grating unfortunately but um it's a weird one. I don't know if I can recommend it. It's it's also uh, starring Jennifer Connelly in the starring role of Jennifer Corvino, which is just like one of those like, uh, like, uh, who am I thinking of? Tony. Um, oh, Tony Danza. How he's always yeah, named Tony. Yeah, right. Tony Danza can only be ca- played yeah. characters named Tony. Jennifer like, Connelly. Their name. <laughs> right? in the it's like so. It's so close to the original, but like enough that it's like. Okay, I guess she's not playing herself, but yeah, Jennifer Corvino is a very. I noticed that, and during... I played Jen Connells in this movie. <laughs> I noticed it during the movie, and sometimes I wonder, especially when it's kids like that when they're younger, mm-hmm. uh, if it's be- if it's to make it easier for them, right? right? So they like they turn around and have a genuine reaction when somebody says their name. <laughs> they... Hey Jennifer, yeah. what? Her name originally was like Sarah. Sarah. Castellanato, and then they like she just could not res- every time they're like yeah it's like the mr thompson thing from yeah, the simpsons sarah <laughs> it's your mark yeah. hello mr thompson i think he's talking to you <laughs> anyways max uh well that's about it uh-huh. uh it has some interest it's it's fairly gory at certain points and like uh pretty gross they have a lot of dead bodies and stuff but um, let the bodies hit the floor. Let them hit it. Uh, the last movie that I watched was The Unicorn Store with Brie Larson. Oh, yes. And Samuel L. Jackson, where she's kind of like. Um, no, it's, this is Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. That's what I was <laughs> yeah. thinking of. Yeah. It was work, working title was the unicorn store. They <laughs> yeah. it. When they didn't want the news leaking out that it was Captain Marvel. It was uh, yeah, like it was just like Blue Harvest for Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird because the whole movie, it's what I remember from Captain Marvel, but it doesn't have any of the special effects, and they just called it the unicorn stuff. <laughs> She's just like, like instead of like <laughs> things coming out of her hands, it's just, ha! She's in a lot of green rooms. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Dots With around a fight everywhere. scene to, like a girl power fight scene at the end, too. <laughs> no, no music behind it <laughs> from the 90s. They don't want you to know what era it takes place in, so they don't play any music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was an interesting movie. I didn't really like it at first, but I I ended up liking it a, a bit more near by the end of it. It's it's kind of like um, a little I don't know heavy handed or something like that, or the the early on the lines just don't hit very well. They they feel a little bit forced. But um, it's got a lot of cool people in it. It's got um, the the guy from Cabin in the Woods, one of the two guys that's like in Chris the, the basement. No, it's uh, oh, oh, I know who you're talking about. He's also in um, Billy Madison, Handmaiden's Tale. Oh, I don't know his name. He wears a scarf oftentimes when he shows up in things doctor who <laughs> but he plays brie larson's dad and her mom is um god i'm so bad at these names Jesus. Look, uh, check the cliff notes check the cliff notes one of the cusacks joan cusack <laughs> no maybe not joan cusack what the no, f- it is. <laughs> 
I think it is Joan Cusack. Yeah. Uh, so those are the two parents. And then, uh, anyways, it's a movie about a person who really likes unicorns and doesn't really have a firm grasp on reality. And uh, it's it ends up being a fun one. We're checking it's like a never-ending story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all I've seen, though. Robert, what How about you, you? Robert? Oh, I've seen, we mentioned before uh, the pod started, um, watched Iron Man 3, which hadn't seen in a long while. Mm-hmm. Um, real, um, I'm not normally a fan of the like hero depowered in the movie, although it can be compelling and like, like Spider-Man 2, that's a big plot point is him losing and, and you know, being kind of... Uh, uh, taken down a bit by the fact that his powers become unreliable, but um, this one sort of is important to the plot. It's sort of his reckoning for the previous events, uh, Tony Stark. Um, so I like that it's him having to kind of go a lot more low tech and take on this villain in a different way, which I thought was interesting. I mean, by the end, there's there's plenty of uh, high flying action and Iron Man suits and stuff, but. I liked it. I liked the approach to it. It's also interesting and, that like the 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 real villain of the movie is not really revealed until like I don't know more than halfway through the movie because you're thinking the entire time it's this Mandarin character, mm-hmm. Ben Kingsley's character, and then maybe like I don't know like an hour plus into the movie you kind of find out that it's, it's not a little kid. It's the little, little kid, kid the whole time. And then he resurfaces at Tony's funeral, knowing he finally yep. finished Captain him Potato off. Gun. <laughs> defeats him so i yeah i thought that was a very interesting thing to do and also like i mean you can tell from the beginning that uh aldridge killian's gonna end up being uh, somewhat at least nefarious if not yeah but then of course he ends up being mr extremis himself but um (laughs) the extremis man but yeah I, i i also rewatched it somewhat recently and i at the time when it came out, it was it it surpassed the Avengers for me as my favorite Marvel movie at the time. And then, of course, they've gotten bigger and better. But I really like Iron Man three. I think it's a good yeah. You're, like you're saying, like having him depowered and sort of having like a lower kind of to the ground uh, Tony Stark story versus like an Iron Man story was an interesting. Well, way especially to go. since the con- one of the conflicts is the fact that like. He he even hides like when Gwyneth Paltrow comes in early, she's like, "What is this suit number like, eight or nine or something?" And he's like, "Uh, yeah." And he hides the Mark Forty Two yeah. on his thigh or whatever because it's like, he's made all these impressive suits and all for different situations. We even kind of get like the proto Hulkbuster almost. There's like the one that that comes in and can like lift up like a big mm-hmm. weight underneath its body. It basically becomes like a jack sort of. Um. He probably jacks in that suit too, but oh. uh, <laughs> hey, let's not speculate about the dead, all right? I, I, hey, there's just a lot of room. Have some respect for Tony. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, the fact that like he's basically from the end of number one, Pepper and the people in his life have wanted him to kind of give up the suits and kind of, you know be safe and that of course all leads into Ultron and him saying like well what if I just made a suit of armor around the world and then mm-hmm. we wouldn't even all the other heroes wouldn't even have to worry we could just you know have everything safe and protected oh I, Tony I thought that 
that transition was really clumsy in my opinion him going at the from the end of this movie where he blows up all of those uh suits that he's created and said okay i'm done with it i don't want, like i'm i'm separating myself from this i'm not going to do this anymore and then the next movie you see him with a fleet of like 20 just automated robots and it's like well, what you you've been in your basement building sure, robots but that's I think exactly like, what they yelled at you for doing yeah but i do think it's 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 sort of in, implying that he's trying to to perfect something completely automated where where they would respond to crises without him needing to jump into a suit or anyone else so at least that's the way i interpret it is like him especially for his relationship with pepper because it's obvious that like she wants him to like take a step back from all that and the fact that he is a man who can choose to step into the suit as opposed to some of these other heroes that were endowed with powers it's sort of like why don't you pump the brakes a little bit I just feel like um, for him to accomplish that between the movies, it it means just him spending hours in the basement, exactly what she was like saying he shouldn't. Sure, it's for the goal of not doing that in the future, but it, it just seemed a little bit clumsy. Yeah, I to think me. there was a there's like a, a step missing between Iron Man 3 and Age of Ultron where like just like, I you know, of course, they're like it, it's hard to, I don't know, throw in like a, a, a little scene and like. Thor the Dark World just like oh let's check in on Tony where he's like struggling with you know like actually retiring or something but like there there is a on vacation right there is like a step missing where like he gives up all the suits and then you know like you kind of see him just like struggling with the idea of like actually truly letting go because like that's the whole story of Tony and and and, uh, in Endgame you know when Pepper says it's okay you can finally rest now like that's what that is whole the struggle with him is that like he can't let it go. What what mm-hmm. movies are between three and and uh, Ultron? Uh, or is that the transition? I think that was the transition. I think. Well, then I think Dark Thor: The Dark World is definitely between those two movies. But let's check the tapes. Let me... <laughs> um, Either way, he's not like for him. For him, it's a direct transition. So even if there are. Like even if there was another movie, it took place in a a different thing, not referencing Tony at all. Right. Iron Man. Yeah. There were a couple graphic novels that talked about him winding down his <laughs> operations. Yeah. Um well while Andrew is looking that up, I also watched Doctor Strange again. Cool. Um and I like that one and I like the visuals, and I think that is a very creative uh uh that's another one where like there is a villain throughout the film, but there's like a bigger bad that they have to fight at the end that Dr. Strange takes care of in a very creative way. So I really like that too. Um, definitely like not as, hmm, it, that's an interesting one because Dr. Strange, it's like the movie is a big buildup of him training and learning. And, and it's also implied that like, he's just a very talented guy. So like he learns and becomes a dedicated master of the magical arts almost faster than it took him to become a surgeon. And with all that knowledge then that he is learning, like even the, uh, what's it called? The uh, after credit scene is like leading up to Thor um, looking for uh, Odin in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And that's the scene with him, like kind of teleporting him around and refilling his drink. And it's like, wow, he has just like mastered so much magic. Right. Um, so that is a character that, that very quickly transitions into being like a powerhouse in the Marvel universe. Um, but I do really enjoy it. And um, even if it's not like in my 
top tier of all like the rewatches and stuff like that. It was fun to to revisit, um, especially since like he's going to be more prominently featured. And I think kind of like the magic element of things obviously is ramping up pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't help but think if uh, some of the WandaVision characters might uh, bleed into the Doctor Strange universe. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, there are three um, movies between Iron Man 3 and Age of Ultron, by the way. Ooh. It's Dark World, Winter Soldier, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, right. Okay. Very cool. Um, and then, I mean, obviously, we going back to that, we know, too, that the second Tony gets into that um, compound, Scarlet Witch kind of poisons his mind, and it sort of ramps up all the fears he had about the wormhole and New York getting attacked again, which is sort of what leads him to then turning Ultron on. Um, but he had been working of, on Ultron. Yeah, he had. Yeah. But I do think that him specifically turning it on and kind of doing what he did and the way he did was spurned by Scarlet Witch, just yeah. like the way she manipulated a couple of them and kind of was had poisoned them throughout the film. Yeah, I don't, it's not that he wasn't already, I think he was, I think he was going about it without that gem in mind. He was kind of, he was trying to figure out a, make, a way to make a kind of a Jarvisy sort of thing and kind of went with something even more powerful, not realizing it. Um, I don't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it was totally inexplicable. I think that they, it was just kind of waved off with a single line. Um, both that and the transition from, uh, from, uh, Winter Soldier to Age of Ultron, too, where, where Captain America basically like, uh, gives up on S.H.I.E.L.D., I think. Mm-hmm. And then the next movie, he, or oh no, maybe this was from, I forget which two movies, but at some point when Hydra shows up, He's uh, basically he gives up on on Shield. He's like these guys are bad. It's, it's Winter Soldier, yeah. yeah, yeah, Winter Soldier. Okay, yeah, and there's there's too much uh, power uh, that they have in their hands, and and uh, you know it's it's just dangerous because they can be infiltrated or they can. And they were like lying uh, during it too, like Fury yeah. was, yeah. And he's just like, well, that that's what I like to see, like them doing good w- without the you know recognizing the potential danger of it mm-hmm. um let's see i also watched the movie the orphan you guys heard of that that's Never that uh, horror movie with the kid who's not a kid oh yep Boop. 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 Zip. that is the twist is uh they adopt a little girl and uh, she ain't a little girl she ain't a little girl it's like that um, uh, looney tunes cartoon where the the baby's a mobster Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's that um, exact plot. Just, a, just as silly. <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty over the top in some scenes. Like the girl was genuinely creepy, but there was like a whole thing that ended up kind of showing up in the end where the paintings that she's making have like neon light paint on them too. So when you flick the lights on, it's like the house she had drawn has people inside burning and getting killed. And it's like, it's okay. <laughs> this is a, this is a, a bit much, but um but it was fine. It was a fine horror movie. And it's uh, Vera for Vera Formiglia, I believe, mm-hmm. I believe her name is, who really um, seems to have, that seemed to be an early on in her kind of horror movie career because she's now the Conjuring universe oh, with okay. like the high collar. And she's in a bunch of stuff now where I feel like she's, she's getting spooked all the time in these films now. <laughs> she can't help it. No. Um, I watched Twilight Eclipse. Why? <laughs> We've been uh, watching it on the Dose Cord, the Twilight movies. Uh-huh. Um, someone on there is a fan, and uh, I have seen them before, and 
I would throw them in the category of of good bad and not as but not necessarily my cup of tea, but um watching so, with watching with a couple people, so I'm always a little more willing to do it that way. When you said Twilight Eclipse, I didn't hear a colon in the middle. And so I just thought it was a movie called Twilight Eclipse. Twilight it, Eclipse. It Twilight sounds Eclipse. Qu- quite a bit like a sci-fi movie. I was like, oh, I haven't heard of this. This sounds interesting. From the makers of Valerian. Twilight Eclipse. Yes. Jupiter Ooh. Ascending. And Valerian in the City of a Thousand Twilight Eclipses. <laughs> um, not as good as the previous two films. There's one coming up that we'll probably watch that has like a giant fight in it. That Breaking Dawn. It's very controversial. Yes. Hmm? Yes. Yeah. I've I've seen I've actually seen all of them except Breaking Dawn Part One. Uh, uh. How'd you know if the dawn was gonna break? <laughs> I just had to I went in on faith. Just, just had to look to the happen. east on the third third yeah, day exactly, or whatever. Yeah. Gandalf? Um watch that watched uh, Arachnophobia. Oh uh, I haven't seen that one in a while. It's a good one. Even Janie was down for that, and she hates spiders. But uh, no, it's good. And I, I'm sure I mentioned it a million times. But if I've if I've talked about this film, but John Candy's character, the exterminator, is so great. In it. And <clears throat> whenever he shows up, this music goes, and it's just like horns and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. just like kind of folksy. Like it's so silly that you can't. You're not worried that any of the killer spiders is going to kill him. <laughs> Because just like it wouldn't totally work, like just even like the tension. he even reaches under a toilet and one of them scuttles like near him and he goes like, "There's no spiders in here," and he's like talking to the guy about it. And it's like you're not worried it's gonna he's gonna get then bit while he's sitting there. You weren't worried when his hand was there. Hmm. He sees one later and like sprays it and then steps on it and he's just like so nonchalant. It's very funny in the middle of this movie where everyone else is, well, similarly not worried because they don't know why a small spider could kill the way they're saying it could or they're like the Jeff Kent Daniels character who is terrified of spiders and appropriately like, do we need to do something right now? Um, so having John Candy kind of the anchor and, and like knowing that he's safe, a safe per- person when he's on screen is very, uh, very encouraging. So what I'm hearing is if I don't want to be killed in any sort of like brutally horrible way, I just need to have like campy music playing in the background. Yeah, that would campy music. It totally wouldn't work with like a grisly murder is what you're saying. He goes, he, uh, he steps on the spider and then I'm sure it was just a dog on the property or something that, that was on the, you know, in the shot or on the set. And it's like, starts barking when John Candy comes here and he's like, that's right. I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really good. Uh, I watched, didn't finish, uh, empire of dreams, which I was talking about when we got on the call, which was. I want to say, don't know if I landed on um, around the time uh, episode one was coming out or came out. And it was about the creation of the original trilogy interviews with Lucas and all the producers and actors. And you got to see uh, Kurt Russell doing the Han Solo lines with other actors and Harrison Ford. So that was sort of Lucas's thing was that he didn't want to see anyone or audition anyone that he had worked with previously. And Harrison was in American Graffiti so he originally was not considered at all. He sat in and was just reading the sides to everybody. And they were sort of eventually just kind of was like, oh, maybe like we well, can like bring him on as the the solo. Um, also, a, a similar thing kind of happened with C-3PO. Yes. 
they mentioned he, that too. Yeah. Where like all the people coming in were like doing these different takes. And I think that famously, like you guys might know this too, that like he was more of like a used car salesman, kind of like a, Hey, how's it going? Like he, I, he, I think he was a little bit more like slimy and kind of quick kind of. Yeah. And I don't remember who Max, but yeah, there's someone who's basically like, what, you know, I think Anthony's actually kind of got it. Why don't you just go with that? He's kind of got this stuffy and he didn't, I think you can hear him doing the voices in the film. And I want to say they went back and re-recorded it a little bit differently, kind of like a little higher register, a little more prim and proper. Um, so funny seeing all that footage, even like David Prowse uh, as Vader doing yeah. the lines and not realizing until later that, that uh, James Earl Jones was going to kind of come in over him, but just like, you're part of the rebel Alliance, take her away. Like, it's just like very weird to hear, hear that. And I guess all the crew was like, the fuck this is like this is the bad guy like what the hell <laughs> um it's great i really recommend it this is on disney plus and it's something i maybe i own on vhs actually but um it's really good i don't think i've gotten i'm in like the empire section of it right now um and also hearing like how he got all the merchandising rights but they didn't have anything ready even like the christmas after it had come out so kenner put out a little cardboard stand, a little box of, of with pictures of the figures. It was like, fill out the certificate to get them when they're out. <laughs> and it's like, man, at that day and age, I would have been so pissed to get like a promise of figures. I'd have been like, no, please. Um, but wait, does Max have it? What's he doing? No, I'm just closing the window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, he's showing up. Oh, my God, yeah, you got I them have, all. <laughs> I have the original ones, I was there in 77. Um, Let's see. And I think, Did, yeah. wait, does it, does it have anything on Benjamin Burt, the sound guy? Yes. I yeah. A little bit, but I feel like he's coming in more to the empire part. Cause I haven't mentioned okay. him as much. I, he is so good. He is my favorite part. I know I talk about underrated stuff. He is for me, the underrated part of he's the, the, he's the boardwalk Wars. empire of the he's Star the boardwalk Wars empire of Star Wars. He's a boardwalk sure. empire of empire. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I feel like you think of, the sound of star wars you think of john williams right and john mm -hmm. williams did a fantastic job but benjamin burt I, i'm gonna say it every chance i get he, not only is he amazing at what he does the sound of lightsabers the sound of wookies the sound of droids the sound of the the fighters the blasters all that stuff but not the sound of music that, that's <laughs> that's williams that's williams he's got that but so much of that other stuff the personality that that comes through in these things uh, and you can close your eyes and listen to Star Wars and you know exactly what's happening. I think I will. Please <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah, let's You'll all see. take a minute. Just close our eyes. All right, just make some Star Wars noises, please. And uh, <laughs> uh, then, But then also hearing him talk about it too is, oh yeah, the, the breathing of Vader. I mean, everything. He the hum of the stuff. lightsaber. He is the so crack good. Of the crack bat. of the bat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Anyway, blue milk on yeah. opening day at the, of the Boonta Eve classic. Yeah, God, the, the, sound, the sound of Baru opening the blue milk, yeah. pouring Loot. it out. Yeah, <laughs> the sound of the teats being squeezed, the green milk coming out from the salt, the Thala sirens. Oh. That was him too. Hell yeah. He also, he also did the voice of Wally. Oh, cool. Another yeah. classic Star Wars character. He sounds like a robot? <laughs> Wally. Uh, please don't alter my voice. I want to use my original voice for this. <laughs> um, yeah, that's basically all I've seen. But yeah, I highly recommend Empire of Dreams because I feel like, of course, it's also like very like 
uh, it, it's made by and you know for them. So it's not going to be, you know, I'm sure there, there's people who could probably pick out some things and be like, oh, actually, Lucas was an asshole about this thing. Or <laughs> actually, you know, Kirshner was so much more important in this part. But um, it also feels like it was made at a time celebrating just the original trilogy on the heels of or, or right prior to the episode one that just kind of makes it this weird time capsule, too. I really recommend it. Hmm. I, I've also seen another kind of behind the scenes one for first hour. There's like three fan made ones where they go through um like each movie just play the whole movie and like if they have footage from behind the scenes or if they have someone talking about that scene they'll just cut it in so you're basically watching the movie but Mm -hmm. you're watching it with like all the pertinent behind the scenes information coming in while you're watching it and they go pop up video like pop (laughs) similar to that (laughs) but they'll cut over berman pops up like like, hey, did you know that we spent, you know, $17,000 on this shot? <laughs> Hardly. It almost didn't even make it in. Yeah, good stuff. I forget the name of those ones. I think it's like uh, each one has a different uh, name, like Building Empire, I think, is the middle one. And, and... I'm shocked. I don't, I'm looking at my shelf, and I'm surprised I don't have them. I don't know what that's, to tell you. That's why you got to get Disney+. I'm a, I'm a fake fan. <laughs> Hey, from Star Wars to Stardust. That's what I watched this Whoa. week. Whoa. Ooh, wonderful. Uh, Stardust from 2007. I love, love that movie. It is fucking weird. It is like that. It. I can't help but kind of compare it a little bit to the movie that we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Uh, hmm. In that there's just so much going on. There's never a point in the movie where like you're like you don't like there it doesn't really give you time to think about what just happened because there's always something new happening on screen, whether it's, you know, like it, it just banana, like an hour and 10 minutes into the movie, all of a sudden you're watching Robert De Niro walk onto screen and he's a sky pirate. Like, it's just like, it was just a, it was a fascinating movie to watch, but never boring and pretty fun. I like it a lot. I was surprised. Is that your De Niro impression? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a sky pirate. Can you milk me? <laughs> I got I feel like that line water. almost shows up in the movie. It is it is a strange one, and it's got a lot of like cool actors in it, and it's an interesting world that uh, with magic and and uh, vibes to it. It's it, it, like. It I like because of the time it comes out, it's really hard not to compare it to Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, um, the Pirates of the Caribbean. It just has all these like elements sprinkled into it that's just like, well, what, what if we did like this take, you know, like this sort of thing and this sort of thing and this sort of thing. It's just like it's it's a very busy movie, but I enjoyed it. And young Charlie Cox was like very he's a very fresh faced little baby boy in the movie. That's right. Um, and then, you know, of course, uh, he would go on to have his eyes ripped out and then become Daredevil. That's the story of Daredevil. That's the story of Daredevil. <laughs> ripped out. Ripped out. Just um, had a couple thumbs placed in yeah. there by the hand. Yeah. That's why they call it the hand. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I did enjoy it. I I was like. Is not, this... Sorry, go ahead. Was it your first time seeing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay. Okay. It, like, I was not on board with it for the first like 
35 minutes because it's just like it at, like I said it was trying maybe a little too hard to like be its own Harry Potter its own Lord of the Rings its own Pirates of the Caribbean all these different like it was trying to be all things at once but then like once you kind of buy into the the premise and into like the fact that this movie is just like it's just batshit crazy and like pretty fun um I kind of, you know, and like oh, Hocus Pocus too. Like, like there's very much like, yeah, when that the, was going to say, it reminds me of that a little when bit. When the three witch sisters are introduced, they may as well have been like sashaying around the room <laughs> and like dress like in those. Yeah. It was just very, it was. Amuck, I, amuck, amuck, amuck. Yeah. It was, it was, I had fun watching it. So there's also like early on, there's some really bad CG that I remember. Max, make that point one more time. You're, you you cut out. Okay, uh, I might have to uh, reset because you guys are cutting out. I'm cutting out. And Did you so... say something about attractive again? What was it? What did you say <laughs> yeah, yes. It's talking about the attractiveness of the the terrible CG is what I was talking about. Yeah. The, the, like early on, there's a dragon or an elephant or something. That's yeah, really there is bad. there is some a dragon or an elephant. <laughs> that's one of the Who two. Knows? One of the two. Yeah. One of the two. Uh, I can't tell the difference between them. I feel like. Uh, Holy shit! They've got dragons in Africa. <laughs> what do you? What book? You, what book are you looking at? <laughs> All right, uh, elephant with wings. So that's it for the movies I've watched, guys. Why don't we get into the main movie that we selected for this week, Southland Tales? Oh, I forgot that this. Yeah, this is a uh, I. I forgot to cue the part of the song where they say the word south this is south town by pod <laughs> payable on death uh wow southland tales uh rather than uh starting with our review i figure we can we can start with the review of a actor who is in the movie wow and so here is a a little bit from actor john lovitz zach John Lovett here. How are you? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, Zach. I think you know the song. Anyway, I was contacted by Becca and Brock and Viv. And they tell me you love the movie Southland Tales. You do? I was in the thing. I'm on the set and I said to the director, Richard Kelly, can I ask you one question? He said, sure. I go, uh, you know, I read the script and I just have one question. Yeah. <clears throat> What do I say when people ask me, what's this movie about? Because I can't figure it out for the life of me. And he said, just say it's about the end of the world. And he also said to me, well, I just made the movie like it was going to be the last movie I could ever make. So I just stuck everything in it. That he did. And I still don't get it. But I'm glad that you like it. So that is actor from the movie John Lovitz uh, recapping Southland Tales. Southland Tales is a an interesting movie. A lot happens in it. <laughs> the, the you know it being about the end of the world is a, a it's a good summation of the story. But it's like so. This is a like near two and a half hour long movie, <laughs> and it was cut down from almost three. Um. Richard Kelly, the director and writer, he also did Donnie Darko, um, 
and I forget there's something else that he did that he was known for. But this is a, I mean, like this is. I made the joke when I got on the call because you were t- you were talking about M- the that Star Wars documentary, and you said the original trilogy. This is a movie that is episodes four, five, and six of Richard Kelly's large story that he wants to be telling. <laughs> so this is this is the middle of like the middle and end of this like over huge story that he wants to be telling. And his original plan was to release episodes one, two, and three as graphic novels before the movie came out. So you would read how we get to where they are in the movie. And then you would pick up going to the theater, having read these comic books. So we, we drop into the movie. It's 2008 World War Three has happened, and it's a. <laughs> I can't like I can't get over that the first like twenty minutes of this movie is all exposition. It's this uh-huh. like it's it's Justin Timberlake narrating what happened to cause World War Three, what has what is going on during World War Three, and then it becomes an owl, like it, it becomes a story about like government overreach. And like among other things, among other <laughs> things, and it is a, it, it's a wild, wild story. Um, it's not boring. Much like Stardust, you cannot accuse this movie of being boring. But in you know every The Rock is in it, Sarah Michelle Gellar's in it, Sean William Scott's in it, Sherry O'Terry, Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler, um, John Lovitz. John Lala, John Lovitz, it like John uh, Lorquette. John Larroquette is in this. Um, uh, Kevin Smith is in it. That was Kevin Smith. Yeah. I thought it was his voice, and then I was like, that doesn't look like Kevin Smith, but it, it, he wasn't wearing a hockey jersey, so I wasn't that's, sure. That's the same thing I went through because he's wearing a ton of prosthetics, a yeah. huge like, gray beard and a lot of wrinkles. So the, the first time it cut to his face, I was like, oh, no, that's not him. And then he started talking, and I was like, oh, that's definitely him. Yeah. And then I looked for his name in the credits, but man, so many people, they keep just popping up in that movie too. Yeah. Uh, Mandy Moore is also in this movie. Um, It's yeah. So it's a, it's a huge ensemble cast. It is a, it's one of those things. It's, it's a convergent story where like, there's a bunch of separate things happening that all kind of by the end sort of come together. Yeah. Kind of Pulp Fiction-y kind of. Yeah. And um, I don't know, like it's again, it's an, it's, never not interesting to be looking at it's it's clear that richard kelly is really passionate about whatever story he's trying to tell and maybe too passionate because it it just feels a little unfocused but what do you guys think of the movie yeah this is a hard one to like condense my feelings on because i do it is ambitious and I was a fan of his previous film, Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. I think that was the one just before this. Well, yeah. years before, but the, the previous film he directed. Um, but I would say the, and the cast is stacked, but I think that like some of the choices are odd. Like it's very, I think a lot of the, the actors chosen are playing against their character or against their type a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it, I couldn't help but feel like it felt very self-important. Yeah. 
and it did and it's obviously tackling important a lot of different important issues but it felt it felt like it definitely was what it was saying was very grandiose and as to like some of the actors and stuff it was honestly a little distracting for me to see some some actors including some comedy actors um in roles that were well serious in quotes because everyone's playing playing it very oddly um, will sasso comes to mind in that yeah will sasso yeah. and i i forget her name but she had like the braided hair sherry o'terry sherry o'terry and just random stuff like that where amy poehler was randomly in it um yeah it was a it was a weird one it's really hard for me to i guess part of it is it was hard for me to tell what they were trying to say and i felt like i needed a you know a breakdown video by the end because i didn't know who the two sean william scotts were and what the bible connection was with uh uh timberlake and i also was confused because at one point i thought he was like wanted or like people like people had said that he had been experimented on in the military but he was just kind of hanging out on this turret on the beach and then like at a party for like in their last hour yeah. of the movie with with that randomly was, janine garofalo, janine garofalo who was yeah. like i guess cut the from credits. the whole movie it's hilarious like, there's no way that was janine garofalo because they've put every other person in this film they wouldn't have put her in for two seconds but that was her um, yeah very strange weird. Max, what are your thoughts on it? Very strange. I think those are that would uh, probably sum it up right there. Um, it, it felt to me like a, a Vonnegut book, a little bit in that it was, uh, it it does feel very disjointed, but like things are going to eventually come together, and they sort of do, but there are a ton of loose ends. It's kind of like a near future, kind of like an odd what would happen if we continued down this line? And it also feels like they're just kind of like, I don't even know if they're they're making fun of the way that uh, our society is structured or if, if they're, you know, you don't know if they're making a comment on, on it or mm -hmm. if they're just kind of uh, coming up with a, a strange idea that they want to see on screen. It's, it's, and, it's so strange because like 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 I said, the first twenty minutes of this movie is like all exposition of like here's what happened to get us to this point. But I don't think that's the stuff that needed to be explained. Like it like all you need to do is like introduce the concept that we are living in like a nanny state. Like where, you know, like everything watches you and you are you can be in trouble for, you know, saying whatever about this person. You, we don't need 20 minutes to explain that. We actually need 20 minutes to explain the stuff that you were talking about as like, is like, what is the deal with the two Sean William Scotts? What's the deal with like the, you know, the, the Bible connection to this character and this character when <clears throat> the two Sean William Scotts touch hands at the end of the movie, why did they start raising to the, the sky and like a portal opens? Like what the fuck is that stuff? And like, there's no, like instead we get like, the geopolitical, you know, like the, you know, the new like Axis army was like these countries and this is why they decided to bomb the U.S. And like uh, that stuff is like it's beyond superfluous to the story. It doesn't matter. Like it, at no point does the actual war, world war that is either apparently happening or just ended like come up in the story so like that stuff is just it's needless it's it's just a lot going on too because they they there's even a big plot point that there's a particular energy source that they're using um where they live 
that's based on, it's called fluid karma. And it's sort of this perpetual motion engine in the ocean that, um, God, I forget the actor's name, but he's so funny. Um, inconceivable guy. Inconceivable. Yeah. Uh, Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Um, also like, in this movie, don't you understand? Shawn, yeah. We've already developed a, you know, perpetual energy. Um, it, that's another reason. That's another thing that really reminded me of Vonnegut, the like ice nine and the, the, the fluid karma. Mm-hmm. You're right. Maybe it was a little Vonnegut. It's just, it, it was so many disparate characters and some felt, yeah, utterly superfluous to the point where their lines probably could have been delivered by someone else. Um, it's also one of those things where it was sort of prescient in some ways that um, it's like, like the surveillance and, and stuff feels very like today and all, and honestly beyond it at this point where, you know, the inter- internet's being restricted and, and, you know, people can kind of break, break down the door and kind of like just, you know, turn a camera and find you kind of stuff. And there's a but, guy across the street right now aiming a, a long sniper rifle at me. Uh, <laughs> listening in Bye, Max. But then you have something Kimberly. where, but then you have the thing where like they're having to pay the rock a million dollars for a sex tape because that could ruin someone's political career. <laughs> that wasn't as good of a future prediction uh, as <laughs> right. to what we would consider acceptable anymore. Yeah. And not that I can hold it against him, but it's just one of those swings you take when you try and do a movie set in a future and inevitably, you know, you either swing or you miss. It and it doesn't mean, and, and also doesn't mean that a movie can't be cool because they got, you know, got it wrong as it were. But I almost, I kind of agree, Andrew. I don't know if, and I don't know if, and Max, if you feel the same way, but like, I guess sort of like some of the stuff it was setting up in the beginning didn't feel to me like the world we were occupying uh, in the movie. Like, I don't know. It didn't feel like Texas had been nuked in the part of California we were in or in the world we were in. It almost almost just felt like, I don't know, maybe not. I I guess the the world keeps spinning, but it just seems so odd. Like that's the way that some people were. And I think also, the real answer is they were filming at like Venice beach. Mm-hmm. So there was just random people walking <laughs> by probably. But, and like the, maybe the more governmental stuff kind of felt more uh, closer to what the response and kind of what would be happening in that, in that world. But um, yeah, man, just what a, what yeah. a weird one. It, is also, there a... it wasn't, it wasn't taking place so far in the future from when it was made either. Like this movie came out in 2000, like late 2006, early 2007 it's set in 2008 and so like the idea that like you know like there's a line at the end of the movie that i just like burst out laughing at and that's like the rock is you know he's got it he shoots the gun and he's getting everybody's attention at the party and he goes everybody get into the back of the mega zephyr and i'm like what the fuck is a mega zephyr like we're this is not like we're not in like 2054 where like there's just like unknown like technology and vehicles but they just like had to throw in this like made up thing that like even as the movie's being made isn't close to existing. You have never seen a mega zephyr? I've seen a mega yeah, zephyr. What the fuck? What? Wait, guys, uh, uh, yeah, of course I have. I'm so familiar with a mega zephyr. I was, I was clowning. <laughs> you guys believe well, me? We took this, Max, we took this motherfucker on a mega zephyr for his birthday one time and he didn't. I know. No, guys, completely. no. <laughs> I love Mega Zephyrs. I I have two. I have two of them. Uh, I I really thought that tonally this movie didn't know what it was doing, and that like 
certain actors, like you say, the the some of the comedic actors were were going all in for the comedy, but then their their characters turned out pretty serious. And The Rock kind of switched back Ooh. and forth really quickly. He had this like uh, oh, habit oh, of like tapping, oh, like getting nervous I, and tapping his fingers together. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, and I was hoping you would. But man, like. I don't know what that choice was, but I did not like it at all. It was so weird to me. I don't know. There was something so like, I, I do like, has anyone ever really done that? I just thought that was bizarre. It's also people do. People do have nervous tics. Yeah. Oh, sure. I, I'm not I can the, imagine like, uh, and Hey, big ups to all people of solid stars and stripes, all of our <laughs> listeners. It's but. also Agreed, like, but the, he, he flipped back and forth. He was the rock with the eyebrow going up and like completely like overconfident like wrestler coming out ready to beat people up and then zipped right to like uh com- like so socially awkward that he couldn't even function and nobody really like noticing either that, that that these switches were happening and nothing about the fact that he has kind of these two different personalities that are so like drastically opposite it, it he just also has amnesia the whole movie so like you're sometimes getting he's completely confused. And then other times he's sort of making the connections and, and maybe kind of coming back into his own a little bit. Does it also feel like this is like the last time that Dwayne Johnson, the actor like really took a big swing at something like that. Cause like now he's like action star, you know, he does the fast and the furious movies. He's been in the Jumanji movies and like, he kind of has, Rampage. His, you know, like he has his lane now Yes, and he's very well, did, successful I- at it. But like, being like this is it feels like this is maybe the last or one of the last times that he's trying something different as an actor i noticed that in this in this movie he was up in a skyscraper that was like on fire and i was like that that seems like some (laughs) one of his other he's like i hope this never happens again (laughs) um and then he drove a car don't have another leg (laughs) um what was i gonna say well i think the problem max he was playing a famous actor in the movie but he wasn't really a famous actor yet. Mm. Couldn't, couldn't pull it off. No, but if he tried to do it now, Southland Tales 2, I think we'd have something. Now, that is something interesting because I was reading that Richard Kelly, this year, 2021, has said he wants to do another project of this universe. Yes. And he's really hopeful that all the actors will yes. come back for it. All of them? There were so many. There, there I mean, I so obviously, them, yeah. like, not the ones who were killed in the movie. I mean, I guess, like... Why not? If, well, if he does, it, like... Because he's talked about doing the prequel stuff, which is just, like, my God. <laughs> my man. Uh, how many freaking wait. graphic novels are there before it? Uh, there were three. <laughs> oh, my God. So, um, do those actually <laughs> exist? They do. He did release... They did get released. Um <laughs> So <laughs> did like, he ever release the fluid karma drug also? <laughs> yeah. Um the rock's not that you coming. could change you could change what it did by turning the color? Yeah. On the um, thing? Guaranteed the rock's not coming back. Yeah, he's trying to become You're president. He can't that? be in Southland Tales too. Guarantee that. Um yeah, I I mean like you know, it, it's it's a I I did notice like as the movie's beginning, this is a weird confluence of here is like the rock and Mandy Moore, I kind of think are on like they're sort of on the low end, trajecting up in their careers and their acting careers. And then here's like Sarah Michelle Gellar, Sean William Scott, like sort of on the descent, and they're kind of meeting right in the middle of like this is the perfect time for like these characters to have been in a movie like this. 
because in years later, Sean William Scott and Sarah Michelle Gellar are really not in the public eye enough to have been in a movie like this. And The Rock and Mandy Moore are now like too famous to be in a movie like this. Um, I did think to his credit that Sean William Scott was like, he was giving a performance and yeah. it felt like good for him, but it was still in the middle of this very convoluted film. And it didn't help that like literally in the beginning, I don't understand what was happening. Why were there two of them? Why was the mirror off by a few well, seconds? Why were they like, that was the drug. Right? Up like, Wasn't that like a drug that he took? I think so. But I thought he got drugged later when he got tied up. He, the, he was the, already, he was, I think because he was in with those, that group that had, that was dealing with the, the neo-Marxists. Yeah. So, but like, did he, did he also go into a time portal? Like, I'm trying to remember the exact point they made that they said that right before. Yeah. What he was, was his name? Tyser wrote... Boxen. What was his name? Santoro <laughs> Boxeroni. What was his name? <laughs> You got it every single time you said it. You but it. <laughs> it, 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 no, but I'm like he was going towards the portal, or someone was taking him towards it. The neo-Marxist, and then right before then, they said another version appeared. Basically, right? I don't think that's what happened. But we're gonna have to. But uh, you keep let's watch it. Hey, yeah, start it up out. again. <laughs> let's roll it like, one more time. So I mean, at the beginning, I was trying. This... I was trying to pay attention. I wasn't like just like. I wasn't oh yeah, I know it's a very convoluted movie. Have you, Max, days, have you seen this before? Or, or I have not. I just okay. read, I read an article that, that made it sound very interesting and weird. And I think it does explain some of it. So uh, like when Donnie Darko came out, apparently it was not very well received. And uh, oh. like it only later gained a, a cult status. Young Robert that. <laughs> <laughs> Check out this tat. <laughs> did you catch there was a Frank poster in the movie? I did Frank the rabbit it. mask from Donnie Darko. There was like a poster in like Venice of his face. That was just uh, coincidentally there because uh, the fan of Donnie Darko. Venice is a big uh, hub of yeah. Donnie Darko fandom. Yeah. <laughs> but I forget exactly because I have a terrible memory. But the article had some stuff about how he was disappointed kind of by the reception, didn't know what he was going to do, was just kind of fucking around. But then I think uh, the response to 9-11 kind of made him uh, reconsider what was going on. So Some like world events made him think like I'm actually dealing with some subjects which should be taken a bit more seriously. And I think that's kind of why you get a bit of the, like this part's goofy and this part's uh, trying to be overly serious. Um, So I understand. And like, I honestly think this movie, while it's like weird and it doesn't really uh, nail it, right. It, it, It misses on a lot of marks but it is entertaining to watch. And I feel like it could have been all right. Like if everyone knew how serious they were supposed to take it, if it wasn't so goddamn horny the whole time, <laughs> if it didn't have lines about being a pimp and didn't, and if oh, it, it explains. Oh, no. some, yeah. I so forgot. Like in the end, this line happens three times. Not uh, a line worth making like the line. Exactly. But there and there's also several times in, during the movie where people just uh, put a gun to their head, but uh, Ooh, the rock one in particular on the beach that was very strange. <laughs> but at the end of the movie, the rock has a gun to his head and he says he's not going to kill himself because he's a pimp and kips, pimps don't commit suicide. And then they repeat that two more times later, and it's it's the dumbest line, and it really like kind of hammers home any any if you were kind of getting into the movie and going like, Hey, this, this 
is a unique world that they're setting up and it's doing some weird things and it's got some good performances and it has some twists and turns and things are somewhat tying together here and okay now it's I don't know if you're into it that is going to immediately take you out and just go like oh wait this is some guy who in the 90s who just watched a music video and and like it's, I don't know, yeah. wanted to see the rock do something cool and I mean, there is a music video in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) There is. It's yeah. It's it's not just not a good line, but like, I don't know if he just was like he thought he hit a home run with it because it's the last line of the movie. Yeah, it's not even just that it's like repeated throughout. It's like the final. I I was not a fan of Timberlake's uh, narration. (laughs) No, I he was he was absolutely the wrong choice. The wrong choice. I don't know if that was like an after a decision after the fact. And also, like, I'm a big Verhoeven fan and a big fan of of particularly Robocop and Starship Troopers, Total Recall, all of those movies. And something that he he often does is features uh, ads and news that sort of help you acclimate yourself to the world. Robocop does stuff like that where they talk about a laser that went off and killed the vice president, and they mention the the crazy. Uh, uh, there's like a T-Rex in a, a car commercial, all very, like they have a car commercial in this movie. They do all this kind of stuff that, or would you like to know more in Starship Troopers? Like they have like almost someone on a browser clicking stuff. This one was like so drab. I couldn't like, I, I couldn't figure out the, the car commercial ends with like one car mounting another car and like, like, Oh God. It was just like, that's not just sort, humping it, but like making a penis and having sex with that, a vagina. That's the tail sort of yeah, stuff. The, the tailpipe like, turns into a vagina. And, that's and the in the scene, there are people who are like, Did, is that what I just saw? Which is maybe, maybe is a little bit better for me that at least someone else is like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> I think they say like, this is for the European market. I just like, <laughs> I, I don't like. <laughs> that was a good line. I just that's like. funnier but, to me, but. But sorry, like, that's ahead, the Drew. sort of stuff that like, it just, it's, this movie's too long already. And like what what like there's that got time. Yeah, that got time. And like, you know, like we've we've said, like, it's clear that Richard Kelly has something he wants to say with this movie and he's really passionate about it, but it's so it's just so convoluted, it's so messy that like whatever message that he has in this is completely lost because he just has like you know, like uh, in the in the John Levitt's video that I played at the beginning He's throwing everything in this movie because, like, he, like it, you know. So, it really like he feels said, like since Donnie Darko, he's he's been trying to come up with a bunch of different ideas and movies and things, and he's writing all this stuff down. Well, I want to talk about the war. Well, I want to talk about surveillance. You know, I want to talk about religion and the effect it has on people. Just uh, throw you know, it all cults in one and movie. celebrity and energy, and and then it's like, well, fuck. I guess I'll just make a big epic, and all these things will tie together. This, and this movie, and it was ambitious, but. I, this movie yeah. is like a like by the way like uh like money wise a colossal failure. The, <laughs> I believe the it. The budget is that. like the budget is seventeen million. I think it made three hundred thousand in theaters. Whoo! I mean, it was like a limited, limited, limited release, but it was the this... lens caps were on <laughs> for the, on the, yeah. the projectors. On the projectors, yeah, uh, yeah. This is a. I mean, I the idea that Richard Kelly thinks that there is a market to tap with future projects related to this is uh i mean like well, what has he made since he made he made a donnie darko sequel i don't think he made that one he a- didn't s darko you mean 
Yes. I, I don't think he was involved with it. I that. never saw it. I didn't either. Um, well, what else has he done? You're saying he is thinking about going back into the... Um, That's what he said name? this year. The um, he's They're re-releasing... Because this movie um, was like it got like like I said before, this movie that we saw is the shorter version of this movie than what he had wanted. Wow! So there is a there is a near three hour version of this movie that will be coming out this year on Blu-ray. So um, why didn't we wait? (laughs) (laughs) He uh, did the box that uh, Cameron Diaz. You press the thing. Yeah. Uh, you press okay. the thing and a, and a person dies. And then he wrote Domino. Okay. And then Ooh, he was a... Domino. Was, <laughs> yeah, the song. Um, he was a producer <laughs> on The World's Greatest Dad. I hope they serve beer in hell. And, Ooh, the Tucker Max? Yep. And Operation <laughs> Endgame. Whoa, he got an <laughs> Avengers movie? Holy yeah. fucking shit, oh my and God. And then he's a, he's a writer and director in the untitled Rod Sterling or Rod Serling biopic. So he hasn't done anything since 2010. I, He's laying low. Here, here's what I would rather he do, rather than just do a, a straight up sequel to this. I wish he would try it again. I wish he would scrap this one and, and maybe try and do, with some advice from people uh, outside of him, get a... Get a uh, another writer involved and try and tighten this up into a story that's cohesive. You know, that's that's interesting because one of the things I read about him is I think it was, I think it is Kevin Smith who said this, that he's like, in terms of like an idea person and like talent, uh, Kevin Smith said that like, he's really not that far off from like a Chris Nolan, but the, like the whole thing is that Chris Nolan has WB to like, tell him no, (laughs) you know, like to like kind of rein him in. And what Richard Kelly, who, you know, like, he's not an untalented director or writer. Like, he has interesting ideas. This is not, like, other than this movie just kind of being, like, a jumbled mess because he has too many things going on, it's not, like, a poorly made movie. But he just, like, it. this movie, if, you know, let's just say this movie is, like, ten ideas, like, this movie should be, like, three or four. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it just—it's a little too much, and what he needs is somebody to say like, "Hey, you know, like these these three things work together, and let's do these three, and then mm-hmm. discard these seven, and we can work on something else with them somewhere down the line." Exactly. I feel like I feel like this could be a a really fun movie to watch. I feel like it could be one that people could really get behind if he just had someone saying, "Hey, we need a theme, and we need to stick to it, and we need to like." really make this uh, beginning, middle, end. You know, just fo- focus on something and, and make it come together. Yeah. I, I yeah. feel like I could enjoy it a lot. And I haven't revisited Donnie Darko in a while, but it's a movie I was, like, all about when it was out and when I was younger um, and, like, thought, you know, it was, like, the greatest thing ever. So, and that's a movie that does have a lot of different characters and tries to tie in some time travel and some weird disparate connections between people and kind of like something happens at the end you go aha that's because they were doing this in the beginning and this just felt like that again but just not as not nearly successful in fact i was kind of surprised because it did have references i felt like to 
Donnie Darko, which made it for me almost like not a good comparison because like he's re- making me remember about a movie he had made previously where he was doing similar things that worked a lot better. So what if, yeah. what if he tied in the two? What if the uh, next Southland Tales uh, comes out and it turns out that um, the turbine that John William Scott lifts lifts the whole ice cream truck up into the world and then uh, a uh, airplane turbine comes down and hits it and then turns out that the two worlds are connected yeah i was gonna say whatever donnie darko's whatever s darko is up to now like a, an ice cream truck hits her house and she's like <laughs> it's happening again not again um would either of you recommend people watch this movie hmm it's a I'm- weird one i would say maybe if it was like a group situation and you were all kind of willing to to kind of sit down and and uh kind of take it all in together might be might be better it wasn't like the most it wasn't like an abysmal solo watch for me but it was just like confusing i was just like sitting there like man i feel like i'm a half hour into this two half hour movie and i'm like don't know who i'm following and exactly who is who and why is it so foggy in venice right now (laughs) um it's a pretty uh, i'm trying to be kind to it it's a pretty light recommendation for me um it like i said it's it's definitely ambitious he's clearly trying to say something i don't know what that thing is and yeah maybe maybe would have been better if someone had been kind of reining him in yeah what about you max um it's it's interesting because i feel like you say the movie's very watchable it feels like when you're going through those two hours, you don't say like, oh, I wish I had him back where a lot of people say, you know, that that just felt like a waste of time. By the end of it, you go, okay, I watched a movie and I don't think I really, I, I didn't really dig it. But the whole time I was watching it, I was invested in what was going on. And so it, like, if you're willing to enjoy a movie 50% and you don't need a, a 75, 100% mm-hmm. enjoyment of a movie, if you're willing to, to watch it and by the end of it really just feel like I liked 50% of what I saw, then, then watch this. It's more watchable than some other 50% or movies too, where you're like, these ideas were cool, but like overall, I just didn't enjoy watching it in any way. This like, by the end of it, you just go, okay, what were those ideas? I have I have no clue, but it was interesting to see what, <laughs> what, what, how many actors are in the, here, what they were choosing to do with all their things what the the writer was trying to say, what he might've been thinking. There are a lot of thoughts that, that never get tied up, but uh, might be worth having. I don't know. I, it's one, it's weird. Can I recommend this? Yeah. If you want to feel like this after you watch it, if you want to feel <laughs> the way that I sound right now describing it, uh, which is a fun way to feel sometimes just completely baffled and kind of curious and a little bit disappointed. If you like having this this mixed mash of, of feelings, then watch Southland Tales. I I would highly recommend it. Yeah. If you don't like those feelings, then uh, avoid it. I can't just because of its runtime. I can't, in good conscience, like really recommend it. Just because, like, it it's it's a like it's so frustrating to watch just because it's really hard to figure out what's going on and it's two and a half hours like it's just i think if this were a shorter movie i it would merit some like 
yeah, like, you know, watch it. Like, it's just, you know, it's just like an hour 45, like no big deal. But like when you tack on an additional 45 minutes and like we've talked about, so many things feel superfluous to the story that they're trying to tell that it just like, so I, even like a group setting, it, it just feels like it's it's hard to, to justify getting your friends together to watch this really long movie that you're not going to feel particularly pleased about when it's over. But, you know, like, I don't know, like, I did have fun talking about it with you guys, so maybe there is something to that. So <laughs> if you're going to go on Gentleman Overlords afterwards and talk <laughs> about right, it, then maybe right. it's a, yeah. a light recommendation. Yeah. I would recommend it to Robert and Max. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't recommend it just because of its length and its frustrating nature. But I also like, I wouldn't necessarily tell people don't watch it either. It's just like, I, I couldn't say like, yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, should right. I watch it? And you're just like, <laughs> just like won't say anything. Just back away, Andrew. Yeah, you okay? It, what do you think? Should we watch this movie, Andrew? Andrew, hey, I can't say either way. <laughs> Didn't you do like an episode on it or something? <laughs> just dust. Yeah, you just right. get snapped. <laughs> <laughs> Max, were you? Sorry, go I'm, ahead. It's just interesting that like director's cut often adds to it, right? Like Snyder cut and go, went from we'll see what, two hours to four hours or whatever, uh-huh. doubled in, in size. A lot of those directors cut. This is what I wasn't able to get in there, right? Like I wish the director would come back and say, okay, what did not need to be in there? Cut it down. Cut this two and a half, mo- in a, two and a half hour movie down to an hour 45, like you said. I would like to see that. I would like to see this director give it another shot you know what I, you know what i'd recommend seeing this movie if you can see it with richard kelly that he can explain the movie to you if you can <laughs> if you can go into like uh you know when it's safe go into a theater where he's hosting a like what was this about night and you watch the You're movie like okay him. so at this part what was he and he's like Shh, quiet this is yeah. amazing watch, no, this, watch. Is good. this is a good part good part <laughs> justin timberlake with the dancing nurses yeah. look at the look at the prosthetics on justin timberlake's face um, so yeah, I, that, that is the setting I would say, re- I would reckon in this movie, but anyways, uh, that'll do it for this one and, uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.